This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Tyler, how's it going? Doing good. Um, Thursday, the, this is always my favorite episode because I realize that tomorrow's Friday, which it's been a long one. Um, the weeks are only going to get longer as draft gets closer. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for this one. How about you, Mr. Metcalf? How are we doing? I am swell. Like like you said, it, th- thank God tomorrow's Friday. Uh, it was a short week for me with Monday off, but it still felt like a six-day week. So it, it, it's been a long one. The weekend is much needed, but I, I think what we're going to talk about tonight is, is going to be a fun one. Um, we were kind of struggling to come up with a topic for tonight's episode or today's episode, depending on when you're listening, I suppose. Um, but we eventually landed on guys who are kind of crashing the party and guys who are emerging into not only being considered draftable, but even some who are getting first round grades across the board. Um, And, you know, those guys are always fun because they, a lot of people jump on the hype train early and they become their guys. Um, But the the four guys that we're really going to cover today are EJ Liddell, Justin Lewis, David Roddy, and Ryan Rollins. And some of those are a bigger surprise than others. but do, before we dive into the specifics, do, do you have any overarching thoughts, beliefs on these guys or just kind of about the, these late bloomers, I guess you could say? Yeah, I feel like we've been talking about so much um, when it comes to this podcast and everyone listening, like, thank you guys for your support. It's been awesome. Me and Tyler have been talking yes. privately about just like the amount of growth we've seen when it comes to listeners and everyone, you know coming back and we love it. That's, that's why we're doing two of these a week now is because everyone's definitely buying in. So, you know, it's funny like when we, when we do more episodes, me and Tyler finally get to a point where we're like throwing darts at a dartboard, just trying to think of ideas. Cause it's like, well, we got these guys we want to talk about. We also have these themes like, and then we go back and forth each day, like trying to, okay, let's, let's figure something out. So yeah, we, we came up with this idea for crashing the party because it was just, I think this is an important time of the year with March Madness around the corner in which a lot of guys are going to start heating up. There's an opportunity to climb quickly because, you know, that's why we've always joked about it's annoying doing big boards and stuff in the beginning of the year, because this is exactly why, like there's some guys now making a case to crash the party as we are brilliantly calling this. And I think there's, you know, not all of these guys, I think, me and you would agree are potentially going to get into the first round. Some are going to go maybe earlier in the first round than we're thinking. Some could now all of a sudden be draftable. 
So I think it's important that we're covering this range. And I think it's a really intriguing group of guys that are starting to buzz, starting to, you know, be a popular name that's trending in the right direction for the draft community. Yeah, and I, I think the best place to start with these guys is EJ Liddell, who's a guy, a, a perfect example of why coming back to school and improving upon your game isn't always a bad thing. You do, not everyone's a one and done. You don't have to be a one and done. Working on your game, improving and adding different things year after year is really important. And Liddell is a 6'7", 240-pound forward from Ohio State, uh, currently averaging 19.5 points, 7.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 2.5 blocks, uh, shooting 51% from the floor and 39.3% from three. The The growth he's shown this year has been really significant, but it's also a lot of what he showed last year, which I think is really encouraging because it really suggests that, okay, this this extreme level of production isn't a fluke it's him just it's natural progression of his game and just him continuing to kind of ride that development curve um before we kind of get into his game i i just want to re go through a, a series of numbers so bear with me for a second but in terms of points per possession he ranks in the 90th percentile overall 94th percentile in spot up 73rd percentile as a roller 75th percentile in isolation 85th in offensive rebounds, 86th in all jumpers, 80th shooting off the catch, 75th off the dribble, 78th uh, in shooting out of the pick and pop, which he does 72% of the time when he screams. So I, I know there's a lot of numbers I just threw at you, but just w- before we dive into the specifics, what what are your initial general overarching thoughts on uh, Liddell? Yeah. So for, this is important for everyone listening that, you know, you'll hear a lot of people throw out like percentiles and synergy numbers. If you don't understand usually that range, I think it was Nathan who we had on um, our most recent episode where the mock draft, I think Nathan made a good point of it and I might be getting the number wrong, but I'm pretty sure when you're in college and you're above 60 to 70%, it's a big deal. Like that's a big number. Um, you know, obviously when you're looking at the NBA and guys are in the 65th percentile, you're kind of like, eh, but college, that's still a really good number. So you reading all those numbers off and Liddell's 70 or higher on everything is just like, my goodness. Um, I really wanted to talk about EJ for this pod because this is, this is one of the more interesting guys I think right now in the draft community. I, I think he's making a serious amount of buzz. You know, some mainstream big boards have had him even going in the lottery. Um, I think ESPN, you know, our boys Mike Schmitz and Gavoni recently had their updated um, mock draft. And I think they had him going around 14th or 13th, maybe. So, like, he's making serious waves. Um, I wanted to kind of pick your mind about him, Metcalf, because I really like the way EJ plays. He's a load. Um, he's like you yes. said, six, seven, listen around two forty. I'm an absolute sucker for guys that produce, go back, take steps forward across the board. Like you can see, yes, the game is developing. They've put in the work and he was averaging 16 points last year. Um, 6.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 1.1 blocks shooting 47% from the field, 33%. And like you said earlier, now, 
you look across the board, everything's jumped. Like every single category is jumped, which is just something that warms my heart up and makes me want to sleep like a baby at night. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really intrigued with Liddell. Um, the undersized power forward always scares me. So I just kind of wanted to see where your head's at and how you're feeling about this. Yeah. So I, Liddell was a guy who went through the draft process last year and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that he was told improve the shot, show us that you can shoot and come back next year. Um, and that's exactly what he's done. I think every other aspect of his game is really encouraging. Um, it It's a small thing, um, but I, I love how he screens. I think he's a tremendous screener um, and his ability to either roll or pop out of that um, and actually punish the defense, I think is really important um, and is something that will translate pretty easily. I love how he rebounds. He's really tenacious, really physical, um, boxes out, can guard up or down. Um, I, I, I think it's gotten to a point where I wouldn't be entirely opposed to trying him out as like a small ball five um, for some stretches either, because now that he's really showing that he can shoot um, and it's mainly from like the top of the key out of those like pick and pop situations, um, I, I think that could be a, a legitimate look that an NBA team uses and a, a real mismatch because he, he does ha- then also have the, bo- the ball skills to take guys off the dribble and attack downhill. Um, and with that strength, it, it's just a, a really unique combination of size, physicality, skill um, that I, that can really be weaponized in the NBA. So he he's steadily just continued to rise up my board all year because that shot has really proven itself. And then he's also showing that he can do different things out of the shot because if you can just shoot, you're easy to run off the line. And then if you're a big who can't dribble at all, then okay, this is really easy to defend now because I just aggressively close out. And then someone digs when you try and attack that close out and you turn the ball over and now we're running the other way. But the fact that Liddell showed all these ball skills, the the screening, the, you know, even vertical spacing at times, the rebounding, and now has added on the shot is just, I think it's just done wonders for his game and really expanded what he can do on the offensive end. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because when you watch a guy like this, um, that you, you get a little nervous because you're like, I don't know how you think of this Metcalf, but when I watch a guy that's, you know, probably going to be a, power forward um, needs to potentially get lucky and go to a team that can be like, okay, you can be your small ball five. Like whenever I get a, a power forward that's under six, nine, I get nervous. Cause I'm just like, Oh, you're right there. Usually when it's six, eight, I'm, I'm like, Oh boy, I'm a little nervous about it, but that's okay. Um, it's just, if you're not going to have that size, you got to figure out everything else. Like you've got to stand out with the other areas of the game. And I think you're spot on with this because I went into evaluating him. I was nervous right away because of the height. And I watched him and I was like, man, he's huge. I was like, is he even going to be able to guard like on defense? Like, is he, is he that quick? And then you realized he can move. Like he is a load that moves laterally quickly. And, you know, he's got some, some pop in his legs. Like he can get up and explode for dunks where I was like, my goodness. Okay. I didn't know you had that in your game. He sets good screens. Like you said, he can shoot it now from outside. He's showing he's got some serious range. 
and he, he can take people off the dribble. It, it's exactly what you're saying. So he keeps checking a ton of boxes. So you're going to f- find out that this is a guy that teams are going to be intrigued with because he can just flat out play. And, and he's shown that he's got the potential to be a pick and pop asset or he can attack the defense if they're cheating out on him. I think you're spot on with, you know, his rebounding him around the basket is a force and he can do a lot of different things where it's getting guys off balance with his footwork. Um, he can hit some fadeaways. Like he, he's got the versatility offensively to be a really dangerous threat. So I just think, you know, this is legit. Like this is going to be a guy that can start making some noise, can, can really climb and be one of these guys that maybe it gets to the late lottery and it's like, BJ Liddell could be a name that's in the back of everyone's heads. So the size was a worry for me too. Mm -hmm. The the shot has mitigated that a lot. Um, What is your kind of idealized role for him in the NBA? Is it mostly as that power forward? Um, Like if you put him next to like a big, like Porzingis or Carl Anthony Towns, where they really have a five out system and then he can attack the offensive glass and screen and do all that stuff. Or is it more as a small ball five? Or is it just kind of like a Swiss Army knife role where you're bringing him off the bench and you just kind of need him to play winning basketball? So I sort of think of like the last one is probably my favorite until you, like I would love for him to go to a playoff team. Like it just somehow got like, even like late lottery team, like I'm going through the mock draft right now and take a thon, uh, even like, I know you're going to laugh, but like your T-Wolves or someone like that where it's yeah. like, okay, let's get another intriguing weapon. We're like, I think if Liddell could come in and play alongside uh, like a natural five, like let's just say he went to the T-Wolves um, and he got to play minutes next to Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that's some, that's some spacing. That's some nastiness inside around the basket. Like I think that's where... Liddell's really going to thrive. I, I don't think you want to play him as a small ball five. I think someone will try to experiment with it, but if he's playing alongside a center who can also make an impact on the boards, I think that's where Liddell could really, really shine. Because um, I really do think this could be a guy that fits a team perfectly. Like this could be, you know, prime Paul Millsap or something like that, where it's like a floor spacer who understands how to, play the game the right way and make an impact. Um, please don't come after me because I just said prime Paul Millsap. <laughs> I'm just talking like that sort of vibe, that sort of impact. Um, I can't believe I just said that out loud. So yeah, no, you, you, you know how comps work. The second you yeah. say a name, they have to be that exact clone of that. Player. Exactly. That's how it works. So, it's there all or nothing. There's no nuance allowed. Uh, come on. People are listening to this on the internet. Nuance isn't allowed there. But what um, do you think, Ty? Are, are you right there with me? Or do you think he's got to be... Like, are you drafting him to be a, not a sixth man, but like a, a, a plus rotation asset? Or do you think this could be a guy that almost gives you old school, like I'm starting him at the four alongside my franchise center? Like, I'm trying to find another team besides the T-Wolves. <laughs> so I, I, I think he would be a lot of fun in Denver. I think that's where we're actually yeah. even going. That's uh, where I drafted In the him. mock draft. Uh, I mean, I could see San Antonio getting really creative and being really smart with him. Um, yeah, that and then seems like even, a Spurs pick. Yes. Even even a team like Brooklyn, who's you know currently at 24, I, I think he could be really, if they used him like they used Blake Griffin last season, 
I, I think that would be really interesting. So I, I think he's one of these guys who can really fit in to whatever role you need him to. Um, I, I agree that I, I would prefer to have him play the majority of his minutes at the four, but then when you go against teams like Golden State or you know wh- whoever, whoever goes small, I think he's a really good counter to that because I, I do think he can play that small ball five um, at times if the opposition, you know, counters and then goes with a more traditional big, it may be a little rough, but I, th- I do think he's really strong. He fights like hell in the post. Um, I think he holds his own and then presents an issue on the other end of the floor. So I, I wouldn't want that to be my go-to rotation for extended stretches, but it's certainly something I would try out in, you know, three, four minute stretches when I I pull the starting center off the floor and it's like, Hey, let's end the first quarter with, with this look, see, see what happens and then go from there. And the nights where his shot is really falling. I I think that could be a a really devastating kind of mix up in terms of rotation looks. Yeah. I I mean, I even just thought of a wild card uh, and they just shocked the crap out of me in the last draft. So maybe they do it again, but what if Memphis took him? Like just someone like that where it's just like, okay, he comes off and they play Jaron Jackson at the five and put him next to him and Morant and Bain, my goodness. Um, Yeah, so just something like that, it would just be fun because like you just said, like when he gets cooking, I mean, Liddell can get rolling with with his shot and how he scores all over the place. So I I think that's definitely going to be one that, you know, he's creeping up boards and going earlier than some might realize right now. He could, he might creep up even more. You never know. Wild things happen in the next couple of months. So that's, that's one to watch out for. Yeah. So I, to, to kind of wrap him up, what, where do you currently have him? How high would you be willing to take him? And, oh boy. What, and how high would be, would really surprise you on draft night if he went? Um, so for everyone listening, me and Ty were kind of just messing around before we hit record, which is always what we do. And we were literally talking about this exact point where it's like, when you get to a point in the lottery, there's just a spot where everyone can get a little crazy. Now, I haven't updated my big board in probably a month or month and a half. Well, that's um, useful. Yeah, really helpful. So I had him at 22. Um, that's before I've watched him way closer i would probably have him late to mid no probably have him around 17 right now um the earliest i would take him would probably be oh boy maybe around you know 12 or 13 if he got to 10 i'd be really shocked and it's not that i'm downplaying ej i just think that would be probably a little rich unless your team maybe memphis is in love with them and they're like we don't care that we're picking 11th with the lakers pick we love him we want him like i understand that but that's probably where i'm at if i'm i'm shooting from the hip what about you mr metcalf hit me with those numbers uh currently have him at 18 um, that's a good spot. I think that's a great spot. Uh, it it wouldn't surprise me if I bumped him up a couple spots, kind of just depending on, you know, just catching up with the last couple games and how, how the season ends. Um, I'd probably be, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him fall to, or like land in Atlanta at 13. Um, I, I think his sense of 
physicality and defense and ability to space the floor uh, would would be kind of a, a nice a addition one. to that roster, especially if they, for some reason, continue to look to move off John Collins. Um, Jalen Johnson but, fans hate you now. <laughs> that's fine. I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out, but I still believe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against it, but I want to bet on Jalen Johnson for the over prop bet. So I, I magically, I love him forever because he made me win that bet. So shout out Jalen. Um, go ahead. What, what would be too early for you? I, I think like you were saying, top 10. Um, yeah. Again, and just looking at the standings currently, um, it, it, it wouldn't stun me if you went 10. It surprised me, but um, <laughs> he, he really feels like one of these guys who's going to, inevitably get drafted a few spots higher than wherever I have him ranked um, where it, it, it just an NBA team falling in love with his kind of grittiness and physicality and versatility. Um, who's one of these fringe playoff teams and just needs to add that, um, you know, that that's not the easiest thing to find, especially when you combine it with how skilled he is, is as a player. So it I would kind of anticipate him going in like that late lotto mid first round range. Yeah. I think he's trending towards the late lottery. Um, this also seems like a guy that, you know, they, they keep playing good and he has a strong pre-draft and he does good in interviews. Like this definitely seems like a guy that could just keep slowly tiptoeing up the board and, and all it takes is one team to fall in love. And I was laughing earlier when you said 10, because I saw it was Portland and I was like, Years ago, this was literally a dream Portland Trailblazers <laughs> yeah. pick. Like, so I, don't, I know Portland fans listening were probably like, no, no, please no, Metcalf. This is exactly what we've used to been drafting. <laughs> um, and they should be pumped if they listened to our last mock draft. We gave them a dangerous duo. So, um, no, but I, I think you're spot on like that. And, and you know, EJ is going to be fun to keep watching. I, I feel like every time I watch him, I get more and more impressed. Um I think he's got a lot of tools. It just, I wish he was 6'9", because then I'd be really having a fun conversation. But he's 6'7". Um, I think I saw somewhere he's got a good wingspan. And, you know, the man is an absolute train in the paint. So, yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy who kind of plays the same position, but in a little different style, um, who's also seen a really significant jump up draft boards is Justin Lewis, uh, the yes. 6'7", 245 pound forward from Marquette. Uh, he's currently averaging 16.6 points, eight rebounds, 1.8 assists, shooting 45% from the floor and 35.6% from three. Um, I, I really liked Lewis as a freshman last season, but he kind of just got buried behind Dawson Garcia and Theo John. Um, and, and he was, he was a freshman. He, he was raw, but this year, his scoring has really taken that leap. So I, I think you're a little higher on Lewis than I am. Um, what, what intrigues you so much about his game? He's just been a guy that um, I'm trying to get, because as impressive as the stats you just roll mentioned, um, I looked literally earlier today, ironically enough, and his recent game, his, his recent games is just even more impressive. Okay, so you just rattled off those stats. I'm just going to throw these out, and then I'll I'll dive into the prodigal son. So his last eight games, he's averaging 19 and eight. Um, he's shooting 49% from the field and 46.5% from three. So I just started watching Lewis, 
Um, he's been doing some good stuff at Marquette. He's, he's, he's a big boy. Um, you know, like he's got a great frame. He's listed at 235 and he doesn't move like he is. Um, I know where you're thinking in your head, Metcalf. We'll get to that in a second, but he's just physical. I really like the way he plays the game. I think there's some composure. There's some swagger. And he's he's got that NBA body you want. He he looks lengthy. I've I've seen some rumored like wingspans of his, and, and I can't find it now. But I'll find it when you're talking. But I I feel like I heard the number, and I was like, oh my gosh, is that true? Like it, it was a very promising wingspan. But the three point shots really coming along, and you really are starting to see the confidence. Um, it seems like the second half of this season, he's just really started to click. And there's some very intriguing tools when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. He can do a little bit of everything. He can also muscle up and get around the paint. The defense is what we're going to want to talk about. And I think you are going to probably hint on that. So um, what are you feeling about Justin? Like, I I think he's going to be a guy that doesn't get out of the first round. I know some people have him like in the 35 range to 40. I I think this guy I think he's going to be an end of the first round pick at worst. I think someone's going to fall in love with him because I think there's some serious, serious upside and potential that's waiting to rise to the surface, waiting to come out. So yeah, let, let me hear your thoughts, Mr. Metcalf about Justin Lewis. Cause I'm falling in love with this guy. I, I really am intrigued with him. And when I say that, I'm not saying he needs to go 13th. I'm just saying, I really, really like the potential if you can get him in a certain value or range in this draft. Okay, so you, so you envision Justin Lewis as the second coming. Got it. You're head over heels for him. He is the best player in this draft. Understood. Uh, I mean, I, I have a second round grade on him currently. I have him at like 36. So I, if he went first round, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I would quite take him that high, but That's I, you're I not think smart. That, well, <laughs> I have my moments. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have my moments. Um, <laughs> Everyone, please don't go revisit that Rising Stars yes. podcast. Um, yeah, should we bring it up? Can we play that clip? No, I'm kidding. I'm moving kidding. on. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I I think the shooting is really important for him, and that's been really encouraging. Um, I, I think the level that it's at doesn't quite suggest how good it's been, um, if that makes sense. Just like kind of the variety of catch and shoot, pick and pop um you know p- pulling up he, i think he he has a little more variety to his outside shooting than like ej liddell does um i love his rebounding i think he's really physical and consistent with that uh like you said his scoring uh the way he attacks closeouts i think is really important mm-hmm. um because like like we mentioned with liddell with these big guys um if you can just run them off the line and then they're cooked cuz they can't dribble at all um that's an easy guard, but his ability to kind of snake his way through the paint, finish at the rim, um, or just take those two dribble mid-range pull-ups is really important to kind of just his scoring versatility. And then I think he has a really good passing vision. The, the accuracy quite isn't there yet, but the fact that he's reading the floor and seeing open guys and willing to make those passes, I think is really important. Um, with time, you know, I, I don't think it's too difficult to get a guy to raise that shot or raise that pass up six inches. So it's landing in a guy's shooting pocket instead of at his knees. Um, but the, the defense is where you kind of lose me on him. Um, 
on ball. I don't hate it. I actually think he has pretty good footwork. Uh, it's a little, it's a little slow, so I don't think he can really scale down defensively, but he generally moves side to side really well. He doesn't cross his feet. He has good balance. Um, so he's not one of these guys who's just turning and chasing. Um, if his wingspan is really ridiculous, I, that that will be really important because it kind of helps um, negate the foot speed issues because it's just makes it that much easier to recover. Uh, my, my bigger issue is the off ball defense, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty atrocious right now. Um, so yeah, the the rumored ring, wingspan I saw was um, shout out uh, Mr. Matt Babcock at Basketball News. They had it listed at seven two. Now we can always get rumored wingspans, and when someone goes to the combine and actually gets measured, it's a whole entire different world. And it's like, okay, you were trying to hide the secrets all year, but that's not going to work out here. So you know, any any time you get above plus three, you're a pretty happy person. So if that's yeah. you know. That would Plus be seven. very nice. Yeah. So um, I, I think you're spot on with the defense. I mean, you've probably watched way more of that than me. I haven't done the specific, like, I'm not there yet, folks. I'm sorry. I'm not in the session where I'm like, okay, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to watch Justin Lewis defense for two hours. I am getting there. And trust me, my body and mind knows it. And I fear for my overall health. But I feel like I've seen him a couple times and you're spot on with the off the ball. And I don't, I don't know if it's just lack of not lack of awareness, but like lack of focus or attention mm-hmm. where he's trying to get a little comfortable. And all of a sudden a guy throws a quick cut at him and he's gone. I've also seen him get taken off the dribble where I was like, why did he look like he was in slow motion? Like trying to get to that spot. Then I've also seen him be physical and, and get after yeah. it. So I'm wondering if it's more of just like need some coaching, need some fine tuning, some fundamentals. That's why, like, I, I mocked him to the Miami Heat. I think that would be a dream. Like, if he yeah. went and played with a bunch of veterans where they're like, you better defend your ass off or you're not going to see the court because I think he has the offensive side of the ball. Like, he has the tools to really be a nice asset. Um, the rebounding really is intriguing, and I'm glad you brought up like how he attacks closeouts because he he loves the bombs away from three mm-hmm. but he also loves when guys are trying to cheat up and he's like nope i'm gone i'm, I'm taking you off the dribble so i don't know it, it, it's gonna be a fun one to watch i think he's been making enough momentum where i could see some front office really banging the table for him but another guy that's probably you know pre-draft process um you know i i my thing with him is like he's he's big, like not just height, like he's he's got some weight on him. Yeah, it he's look thick. it looks like good weight. And I don't know if it almost might be good if he lost like ten pounds. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I don't know if Yeah, so I I think quicker. it's yeah, I think it's kind of deceiving because he has yeah. really big legs and a really big butt. Yeah. That makes him look, I think, kind of doughier or for lack of a better term, or because I can't think of one fatter than he is. Wait, this um, is I, an this is an NBA, not an NFL podcast, right? We're not talking about bubble butts and stuff, right? No, but he's That's got amazing. that he's he's got that really strong base that you can see yes, him yes. really use um to full effect, especially in his rebounding. And um, I would hate he, to rebound against him. It yeah. would it would it looks like it would be a nightmare because yeah, he, he throws his ass into the middle yeah. of your thigh. Yes, crumple you. Um, enough but, butt yeah. talk, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I do think you're right that he could lose maybe five to 10 pounds and that would help him scale down a little bit defensively and just pick up that foot speed a little bit. Right. Um, Without taking away yeah. his effectiveness as like being an, an asshole in the, in the paint. I think that's what I'm trying right. to say. Um, but you you, you kind of hinted at, hinted at it earlier with his on-ball defense where sometimes he gets blown by, but then once he gets physical, it, that's when he looks really good. It's when he tries to keep up and just kind of shepherd or usher guys to a certain direction. That's when they can really get around him because he just doesn't have the foot speed. But when he gets physical and gets into their body on their drives, you you can't really move him. And that's when he really deters drives and stuff defensively on ball. Um, so... Yeah, I, I get the concerns about his weight. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And once he gets in, you know, an NBA program, hopefully, you know, with all these guys, the idea is that they they lean up a little bit. They add, they replace some of that youthful chub with some leaner muscle, and you know that that happens with just kind of the natural body development. But I I, I do think it's a little misleading because his base is so strong and his legs are so big. Um, but th- that's such an important part of how he plays. Yeah. And he's ripped. I mean, he's listed at that weight and you might, if you haven't watched him, you might be like, Oh, is he, is he just like bad weight? Does it, is it, you know, fat and, and it's not, it's just, he no. looks like he is a, a block, like a rock yeah. of muscle where you just don't want to deal with them. And it's funny that um, before we, move on because the point you just brought up is something that I exactly saw about like ushering him. The, the drive that pops into my head, he got beat baseline and he looks so slow to get to that next spot. And in my head, I was like, was he trying to like guide the guy to the help? Like he was, was he expecting a help to be there? So he was going to like kind of double him or, you know, just close him off. And I was like, he, he literally looked like a waiter walking someone to a table. Like, okay, it's right here. But I, I, in my mind, I was like, I kept watching that play over and over again. And I was like, you can't just assume it's going to be there. You got to just cut him off. So maybe it's something like that where he just needs to get a coach to be like, hey, you, you, you can't do that, this, this. Or maybe he plays with a veteran where they show him some tricks. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think a, a late you know, potential playoff team would probably be drooling over a guy like that, where he's going to be a force. He'd be a really nice rotation asset early on while he gets everything done, figures out like the little kinks, the fundamentals and figures out how to be a more two-way player. And then you might have something really special because he's 19 right now. um, Although he's a sophomore, he's going to turn 20 in April. So he's going to be just turning 20 by the time basically he's drafted. So I, I just think there's still, a lot of really good basketball left to be found with Justin Lewis. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think there's a lot there to work with. Um, but another guy who's found a lot of really good basketball in his game is David Roddy, a six, five, 250 pound guard from Colorado state. Um, he, he's a unique player. Uh, he's Wait, had, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. We, we missed a really good opportunity, and everyone can laugh at this while we're on air. We could have called this episode just the girth guys because we just <laughs> listed three guys that are just lower body animals, like just tanks in the paint. And then the next guy we're going to have is just like a twig. So this is a really <laughs> funny 
funny um, slate. I just realized. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ty. That was it, that was great. It, I just realized that. It, w- it would be an interesting lineup of the, of the four guys. Um, but R- Roddy's currently averaging 19.7 points, 7.7 rebounds, 2.9 assists, 1.1 blocks, 1.2 steals, uh, shooting 57.4% from the floor, 46.7% from three, uh, but only 71.7% from the line. Um, I, I think the best place to start with Roddy is the shooting um, and so currently this year from three, he's shooting 46.7% on three and a half attempts, uh, but only 71.7% from the line last year. So these numbers are up from last year's, which were 27.8% from three on 2.6 attempts per game, uh, but almost 79% from the line. So are, are you buying the shooting improvement? Is it fluky? Is it a one-year wonder? Is it a flesh in the pan? Where are you at with his, with his outside shooting? I, I'm sort of buying it um, because it, it, it's – I feel like you can be fluky for a big stretch in college, but he's been really rolling, like, for a long time. Um, even on top of those numbers you put, like, I, I did one on our No Ceilings Twitter account today. Like, his last 12 games, he's averaged 27, um, 20, 7.4 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and he's sh- got shooting splits of 58-50. And then weirdly enough, like you were just hinting 69% from the line. So I don't, it, it's weird because his shot, like it's, it looks solid. It looks pretty. He can get it up in a hurry. Um, I'm in love with his footwork. I know we're going to talk about that plenty. Yep. Um, so I, I think I'm buying it. He's just a fascinating, fascinating prospect that is really, really um, skyrocketed. Like I, I he's not going to, like right now he's probably not a first round pick, but now he's all of a sudden becoming like a priority second round pick potentially where a month ago we weren't even really mentioning him in the top 60. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, he might go in the top 40. So um, I think I'm buying it from the limited sample I've seen. What, what about you? How are you feeling about it? I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah, I want to buy I it. I hear you. I hear you. I really want to buy it. Um, but I don't know. Those numbers just really confuse me. The, you know, near 10% drop in free throw percentage, I think is weird. Um, I'm, I'm the, not the free always... throw is weird. Yeah. It's weird. I, I, I kept like, what? I was like, and then you... that juxtaposed with the almost 20% jump in three point percentage. It, it's just two things that we never really see. Um, so I, I honestly don't know what to do with it. Uh, Kind of like you said, his mechanics look solid. Uh, sometimes when he misses, they're really bad misses, um, which is a little concerning too. Yes. But then a lot of his makes, it's like, oh, damn, that was sweet. Um, especially in the mid-range too. Um, so I don't think he's going to be a 45% three-point shooter um, in the NBA. But if he's just 35%, I think that could potentially be enough, um, at least early on in his career. Because then I think that opens up a lot of different avenues for him to kind of score inside the arc. And that's where his footwork really comes into play, like you hinted at earlier. His his footwork at his size are so perplexing to me. Um, it's, it's some of the be- porn. It's some of the best offensive footwork I've seen in this year's class. And his ability to get to a shot pretty much anywhere on the floor, whether it's a step back three or he 
drives, pivots, spins, and fades away in the mid-range or, you know, executes a series of up and under moves in the post. It's just a really weird and unique blend of physicality and agility um, that he shows pretty much on a nightly basis. He's becoming the ultimate just throwing a wrench in the whole draft process because it's awesome watching him. Um, for anyone that hasn't watched him, I don't, I didn't want to say the measurements just so someone who hasn't heard of him had to go Google him and be like, excuse me. So, but I have to say it. So he's listed at six, five, two fifty. Um, I saw a rumored wingspan of six eleven, which just shows you he is a freak of nature. Just with it, it all doesn't make sense, but you, you turn on the tape and you're like, okay, what, the heck am I watching? Like, cause he's, he's got the, the weight of a power forward. Um, he's got the height of a shooting guard. And then you watch him play and he's like a possessed big man with just awesome footwork. And then you start seeing him make plays with his, with his vision. And you start seeing him just hit like step back threes and his, um, He's just kind of awesome to watch. So and then you just kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, now that I realize this is really fun and I'm having a good time watching his tape, what is he? Like, wh- yeah. where am I putting him at the NBA? And um, the size is so funny to me because I, I don't know. I, I keep getting like, and I'm not saying, gosh, I, I need to stop doing <laughs> pro comparisons. Um, I keep getting like, he needs to have his impact be like, not as good defensively PJ Tucker, just where it's like he can space the floor, be a really smart basketball player, make the right reads. Um, if he gets the ball around the paint, like he can do some damage with his footwork. Cause he, you know, the, the size will worry people, but he has some moments where he makes people look absolutely foolish with how much separation he can get just off a of spin dribble or a step through. Like it's really, really impressive. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm falling in love with him. I, I think this could be like one of those second round guys that you're like, yeah, this is worth it. Like this is worth a, a swing because he could really be a guy that sticks and becomes a really strong rotation asset. What are you thinking? I, I need to know what Metcalf's thinking because although you've had some questionable big board rankings with your, <laughs> what was it? The 2020 class or 20, yeah, 2020, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I just overthought. No, 2020, 2021, right? No, the the this last year's was lo- is looking pretty good. It's the oh, the 2021 or 2020. I was given version. two extra months, and it did. Okay. I shot myself in the foot. No, yeah, um, sure, good excuse. So, um, yeah. you're usually spot on. Me and usually usually like think pretty similar. So, where are you at with Roddy? Because he like he is really crashing the party. He's breaking down the front door and inserting himself into this entire draft world of madness. So where are you at right now? If you had to throw a raw number, are you taking him early second? Are you taking him mid? Um, Currently late second tentatively. Um, Late second. Wow. It wouldn't surprise me um, a month from now, once I really catch up and really dive into more of his stuff. If I I move him up 20 spots, Um, I, I, first round for me i right now i would feel pretty absurd um if yeah, I, end up I, having I them there i agree 
I agree. Um, but that that question at, that you asked, I think, is so important, and I, I currently just cannot get a grasp on. And it's what is he in the NBA? Um, I, I posted a couple of clips on Twitter earlier today, and someone just asked the question, "Do you have a comp for him?" And I was like, "No," because um, I like I kind of lean toward Jordan Nor- Jordan Nora. Um, I don't think he's as lethal as a shooter from outside is. Jordan is, but his ability to kind of do stuff off the bounce a little bit. Um, he's just really weird. Um, and it's, it's that shot. If where I end up landing on that outside shot is really going to determine a lot of it. Cause I, I don't think my feelings about him defensively are really going to change a whole lot. Um, I just got to figure out whether or not I really believe in that outside shot. And if this jump is legitimate or if it's not legitimate, how, you know, where does it land between this year's results and last year's results? Because I, I think those are pretty much the polar polar ends of the spectrum on where he is as a shooter. So I just got to figure out where in the middle of that is he really going to end up lying. So I'm definitely not ruling out uh, moving him up because what he can do off the bounce um, is really impressive. And then his passing ability and willingness and vision and all kind of creativity with that, I think is really, really, um, you know, I don't want to say special, but it, it can fit into pretty much any rotation pretty easily. Yeah. He seems like a guy that ha- he has a chance to stick just because of all of the, the plus skills in his arsenal. Um, I'm like you, like if he could really shoot, at a high rate, that makes this an entire different conversation. Um, because if he's shooting 40% from three with the vision, with the playmaking, with the, you know, footwork inside with all those gadget tools, like this could be inspector gadget in a weird way. Like if that, if that shooting really swings it, like I, I think if the shooting is legit, he's got a shot to be a, player that might go in the second but might be one we look back in a couple years and be like shit that was a good pick like they got him he's gonna play 10 years in the nba like he just seems like he's got that much going for him now we've talked about this before we get a good feel like everyone in the draft world the draft community gets a good feel for the entire slate of prospects around this time of the year and then all of a sudden someone throws their name into the ring and starts going on fire and we all rush to try to talk about them. And it, everyone does NBA scouts do NBA personnel do front office guys are flocking to go see David Roddy now. So we'll see what happens in, you know, a couple of weeks because that could all of a sudden cool down now that, you know, he's, he won't be playing or if it gets to the point where, the pre-draft process is starting. Like maybe he has a bad workout and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, David Roddy dropped 20 spots. And you're like, well, what happened? So I, I am excited. I am intrigued with his skill set, though. And um, he's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on because I do think there's some fun stuff there. Where are you at defensively with him? I haven't, I haven't watched enough. I'm not even going to try to lie to the listeners. Um, I've watched brief, just trying to get a feel for him. Mm -hmm. And, when I do that with a new guy that's buzzing, I immediately put on my list like, okay, intrigued. I make notes like intrigued, looks fun, 
going to have to zone in defensively and see where he's at because like we have our next big board coming up and you even like hinted at it earlier. I can't even describe how much film I'm going to have to watch before that next one, because, you know, with each big board installment, you've, you've got to up the film intake. So, cause you're getting really serious. Like you're getting closer to the draft. So um, yeah, I'm not going to lie to anyone. Like I, I need to spend some, but you've, you said like you feel a one way about it. So I wanted to ask you like, where are you at? My biggest question um, before I've watched him like do a deep dive and I'll probably do it tonight now because I just admitted to everyone that I haven't. Um, is he going to be able to switch multiple positions? Like, is he going to be able to hang his own because the footwork offensively looks amazing with how quick he can get. Like, is that translating defensively? Does he have some good fundamentals? Is he struggling? Like uh, where you at? Yeah, and so from what I've seen, I actually kind of like his on-ball defense. Okay, um, I think that footwork translates pretty seamlessly. Where he he's sliding his feet, um, and then he uses that strength, kind of like we talked about with Justin Lewis, where he can bump guys off their off their angles and stuff like that. But once they if the ball handler is able to attack his top his high foot, and he has to flip his hips that's where he gets in trouble. Oh, He's got no. really, really slow hips. Um, not, not really slow, but slow enough where he's a step behind pretty much every time. Um, and that's where Ooh, I that's worry about problem. it. Yeah. So the, the, the footwork's still there. So like, and even once he does flip his hips and, you know, tries to get back in position, his footwork's still good. So I, mean, that's encouraging, but I think that's with him, it's going to be an issue where, Either you're gonna play, have to play him as a really small ball four, um, or he's got to get in a lot better shape and really improve that hip flexibility. Because I, I think if if he's guarding twos or threes, um, I think they're gonna be able to kind of attack that high foot pretty easily, um, or just take the space that he's really gonna have to over exaggerate, pushing them to one direction, and then you know that, that then they get a, a relatively easy. Or relatively uncontested, you know, sidestep mid-range pull-up or something like that. So that worries me. And then the off-ball stuff, I, I worry about too. Um, his screen navigation and communication is really rough. Um, where if he gets hit with a screen off-ball, he's probably getting taken out of the play, and then he just doesn't have the explosiveness to do anything at the rim. But again, that 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 one more comes down to where where is he being played. Um, and is it going to be as a small ball for Cause if so, then he's going to have to show a little bit more reliability on those rotations and stuff. Um, but if he's playing at the two, it'll be a lot less. So this is how much, if you're not watching on our YouTube, um, this is how much this pisses me off because Tyler goes into detail, really specific talks about it. I'm really impressed. And then uh, there's no chance I don't watch two hours of <laughs> defensive film now tonight because I'm like, okay, I got to watch. Like, this is just how my mind works. This is how I'm processed because I'm like, okay, Ty's there. I got to get there. So, yeah, I I'm interested. Um, the hip thing really stands out to me. Is it – because now I'm just picking your mind because I want to compare when I watch it tonight and then have, like, kind of a idea. Is it over excited, like, over, you know – 
over committing to trying to stop guys? Like, is he not understanding his weaknesses and trying to counter and put him in a spot where like he has some breathing room, you know, where like some guys mm-hmm. like Chet understands, I hate though. I always bring up Chet, but it's just the first name that pops me. Chet understands guys are going to try to bully him. So he like welcomes right. them in, you know, our boy, Steven Gillespie always says like, he's a Venus yep. um, flytrap where he like invites them in and then goes and gets them at the top. Is it, the opposite with him where he like Roddy doesn't understand that I can't keep up with these smaller guards. Like I got to swallow my pride. So he's trying to get too up into him and not giving him that extra breathing room to adjust. Or is it just his body can't switch that fast? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I think, I think it's more the latter because the, the majority of the time he's positioning himself, like he, he's really trying to force them one direction. Um, like where he's, his, his body's at an, a pretty aggressive angle. Um, you know, not too aggressive or whatever, but like he clearly wants them to go one way. And then once they attack that top foot, then he's slow to not, not slow where he's completely taken out of the play, but slow enough where he's at least a step behind. Um, and you know, kind of like I said earlier, the, the the recovery footwork is good. The footwork on flipping his hips is good. It's just really slow. So I, I don't know if it's a weight thing. I don't know if it's a flexibility thing. Um, but that th- it was something that really kind of stood out to me. Interesting. Yeah, that's just how I process now. I'm like, okay, well, I got my plan for midnight, and that's David Roddy. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, I, I'm excited to see where you where you land on it. Um, yeah, I will I have a good idea by the morning. I promise that. <laughs> that's, that's how quick. It's not healthy, but that's how quick I'll be like, nope, I'm hooked. All right, let's go. Um, talk. Okay, so we got one more guy we need to talk about, yeah. and, and I and I know I wanted to get your opinion um, because he's been buzzing, um, you know, and and I really do think he's been buzzing, but it's. It's one of those where, like, I don't know if it's buzzing for this year. I don't know if it's buzzing for next year, but he's been buzzing. So where are you at with Ryan Rollins? Um, Toledo guard, sophomore, 6'4", putting up some big numbers. Um, he's averaging 19, in, 19 points a game, six rebounds, 3.7 assists, 1.8 steals, uh, 47% from the field, 33% from three. Um, he's had a nice jump from his freshman year. Freshman year, he averaged 13.7 um, points per game, five rebounds, 2.5 assists. So, you know, he, he's taken the step. He, he's been also just one of these names that I feel like has sort of been creeping. And, and I watched a little bit of his game to sort of get a feel. And, and I was intrigued. Um, he's got some some stuff in, in his bag like he he has a nice little shot he can get up and in a hurry um it looks pretty from what i've watched briefly it looks like he's got some range he looks like he's got the ability to turn into a really nice versatile scorer like on the offense and in a half court um but that's just from the brief um couple of games i've watched so he's another one I want to watch more, if not for this year, for next year. But where are you at with Ryan Rollins? I know I just sort of flipped the script and now I'm interviewing you, but that's what that's what we do, Metcalf. I got to sometimes shine the light on you. So Ryan Rollins, hit me with it. I mean, I, I, I get the intrigue with him. I've seen some people saying he's a first rounder. That blows my mind. 
Um, I'm nowhere close to that. I'm, There's a couple people that are jumping on that. I, I, I think our boy Simon and Simon, we're not shout, we're not calling you out. Um, but I, I do I'll, think a I'll lot of Simon. people are. What? All love. All love. No, all love. And and I, I think, um, I get it. I mean, there's some there's some exciting stuff when you watch him, but I'm just more trying to figure out is this a guy that's actually going to go back and become a first rounder next year? If you know what I'm trying to say, like, is this the yeah. breakout guy that like everyone circles Ryan Rollins because they're like, oh boy, one more off season and he's ready to roll. So that's I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead because Simon. No, you're good. Um, yeah, and I, I like I said, I get the intrigue. Um, the outside shot, I'm not really worried about it. The percentage isn't good, but the, you know, almost 81% from the line is encouraging. I really like his mechanics. They're pretty consistent, whether he's in the mid range or outside. Um, but he leaves everything short from outside. Um, he kind of has an inconsistent arc on his three pointers. I think that's fixable. And then hopefully just the leaving a short part is just a strength thing and just as his body matures and all that yada 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 um that fixes that so just kind of with all the indicators and stuff i'm not too worried about the shot um i really really love his mid-range scoring game he's not this super creative ball handler or anything but he's really decisive um about getting to his spot and then pulling up um he's yeah he's quick off the ground he's quick to get into his shot his handle's a little loose at times i would like to see it tighten up a lot um but once he gets into that mid-range and gets to his spot he's pretty comfortable shooting off balance and pretty consistent with it i was really underwhelmed by the athleticism um i think he's pretty good laterally it's the vertical pop and that kind of first step that really worries me um he gets smothered from what i've seen um he gets smothered a lot by rim protectors and you know if if you're not if the shot doesn't come around to a high level and you can't really put pressure on the rim, it's a tough kind of lane to, or tightrope to walk. Um, but he is really adept at those straight line drives and those kind of inside hand scoop finishes. But every time he drives to his left, it's a little crossover hang dribble and then he goes. So I think NBA defenses catch on to that pretty quickly and are able to cut that off with their athleticism and just kind of instincts. Um, what really stood out to me though, on the offensive end was the passing. He's an awesome passer, not like lead the offense passer, but attack, dump it off, find a, find a cutter, great hit ahead passes and transition. Um, I, I think his passing is the thing that would be like a day one, plus to his game it i think the everything i watched of rollins like that's pretty much everything that stood out to me in a positive way um i i thought the feel um for the game when it came to like he can he can space the floor i knew that right away i was like he got a solid shot he, he looked like that's gonna continue to be a weapon yeah i, I would I was, bet on it being a, a real skill yeah, yeah, I don't I think, think it will right away, but I would yeah. bet on it long term. But that's the good thing about like guys that play it, not the blue chip schools, but like you know, he's at Toledo. He looks like he just needs to add some upper body strength and put some weight on, and that shot's going to be more consistent. And like you're saying, he's leaving it short, but that hopefully is just like a strength thing where he's pulling from deep, and it's like okay, you need to. 
just put some weight on it. That'll be fine. Um, it looks like it's going to be a weapon. The decisiveness to get to his spots really did stand out to me too. Like I love when a guy, like, everyone loves the three point range, like shot. Like we love, that's the modern NBA right now. Everyone's falling in love with the three. You got to hit threes. But I love when guys are like, no, I'm going to go get to the elbow and hit this every time. This is my yeah. shot. And I, I think he's got that. Um, the passing really did jump at me too. I was like, this yeah. guy has some really good decisions with the ball in his hand when it comes to like getting an easy shot for teammates or like cutting across the lane off the dribble, bringing a defender with him and then dumping it off. Like he, he, he just gets it. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely intrigued. Um, he's going to be one that's another guy like could crash the party this year. I will be curious if he actually comes out this year because I could see yeah. this being more of like a, if he goes back, has a good off season, this could be a big first round guy. Like this could be a real thing, but the really important thing that you just said in that whole segment is each weakness that you just said are pretty important weaknesses. Like um, the lack of vertical pop, you know, guys can hide that. Um, Sure. sure, But you got to be good at hiding it. Like you got to have touch on your floaters. You got to be excellent floater. Excellent. Just like, you know, pull up game, like stuff like that. And he could get there. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, what was the other weakness he said? It was good, and I'm having a brain fart. Oh God! Uh, no, you said the, like the, a, the handle. Um, handle's loose. That could be that could be fixed. I thought you'd give me yeah. one more, and and I was like, oh, whatever. But um, I just think like when you have a couple of those areas that kind of match together, those could those can add up in a hurry. Where you got to really oh, you said like he has the same. Um, move where he always oh, is yeah, trying yeah. to go one way and, and that's big um because that's true in the nba like they will find that and everyone will pick up on that right away and they'll be like no like by game two they will be like we know that move like you, you better figure something else out so if you're talking about like a guy that could potentially go back and and develop his handle develop his arsenal of moves and then all of a sudden become a more consistent shooter where he just takes this nuclear step forward next year of like almost becoming this Jaden Ivy jump where it's just like, okay, the comp now he's coming back with some swagger and confidence to really roll. And I don't know. It's just going to be one of those guys. I think it's, I'm a big believer of going back. I I think guys Mm -hmm. should get as much confidence, get as much, you know, belief in yourself until you get ready to go. Because I think guys think, Oh, I, I got to go right away to the NBA. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Some guys, I don't, I'm not going to rant about this too long, but some guys have shit going on in their life where they might need to go. They might need to, you know, try try to get some, some money coming in. You, you never know. And I know the college stuff has all that new NIL stuff, but my bigger point is I don't think it's a, it's going to be a bad idea if Rollins potentially goes back. And I know there's going to be some people listening that are like, come on, he's a first rounder. And it's like, well, that's just our opinion. And there's going to be a, a, a ton of guys in this class that are going to be kind of in the mix in the second round. So maybe he could be a guy, you know, maybe uh, he declares and doesn't get drafted. And then where is he, where is he at? So I don't know. What, what are you thinking, Metcalf? Would you say 
another year potentially gets him into the first round conversation if everything goes right? I know it's early and I'm throwing you right on the gun, but you know, I, that's... I do. I, I think another year, like you're saying, would do him wonders. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, we, we all want these guys to go to the NBA and fulfill their dreams, get their money, you know, do have an awesome career, but it's so, if you're not getting that first round guaranteed contract, it is so hard to break through as a second round pick or an undrafted guy. Um, especially if you don't have the strength to handle the physicality of it yet. So, and even now we're seeing late first round guys and, and Jalen Smith even getting traded and, you know, option not picked up. So there's so much talent that it is really hard to break through right now. If he can come back or go back to school for another year, add a little bit of strength, really bump up that three-point percentage, and just show a little bit more craft around the rim because I, I think he has a touch. I think he's in like the 84th percentile or something on runners. Uh, he doesn't do it a ton, but you know he has a touch to be really kind of creative and effective around the rim because that vertical pop I don't think is ever really going to get there. Um, you can't really teach that. You, you can improve it a little bit, obviously, but you can't really add it to an arsenal. Um, but if he can show a little bit more creativity around the rim and improve that outside shooting, then, you know, he takes that scoring average from 19 points to 22 or 23. That's when we're talking about, you know, top 20. That's when we're talking about getting that first round promise. And from a school like Toledo, who doesn't have the most notorious basketball program, um, that, that would be huge for him. So, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up going out this year, but where I'm at currently with my eval, I, I think he's a late second round guy um, kind of at best. And I, I think going back for another year would just be huge for him. And I, I really think he could take the country, you know, by storm next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think, especially with ball handlers, guys like that, like, you should take as much time as you need. You you need to get to a point where you're extremely confident that you're going to be fine at the next level because being a ball handler in the NBA is, is a rough world. That's a whole another challenge. And, you know, um, Damian Lillard in four years at, at Weaver State, like um, it doesn't just get confident, like build your yep. game. Um, you're going to get to a point where, it's time. Like you're going to finally get to a point where you're like, okay, I know it's time. And you know, he's having a big year, goes back and has another big year and becomes more efficient and um, more versatile, more all around. Like then you really start to enter the conversation of like, okay, you've taken strides forward each year and now your confidence is rolling. You're ready to go to war. And I, I, I just think, it's really popular time of the year for everyone to get excited about something out there, something new, something that's starting to flash. Like we fall in love with the bright, shiny toys that are, you know, just coming into our life. We want the new stuff. And I think Rollins has some serious game. I'm not saying like I'm telling him not to go into the draft this year. I just think we all want these guys to succeed. We're not rooting against any prospect. I just think maybe this could be a guy that, one more year really, really explodes the the stock. Cause he's now he's on like he, he probably was on some NBA scouts radars before. Now he's really on it. Yep. And 
Now he's going to have the attention. So then you parlay that with another strong offseason. Guys are going to be coming to see you early. And if they come and see you early and you show that you're a different beast, then that word gets around quick. And that's when you really heat up and people start to fall in love with you. So um, people could tell me I'm crazy. Like I say, my DMs are always open. Please let me know. I, I You won't be the first. You won't be the last. So. I don't know. I, I think I'm right there with you, Metcalf. I think just one more year. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot to love, but I think a lot to build on to really become a more complete player, which would, I, I think, just be so important for his draft stock. But, Rucker, we've hit that time. As we end every episode, what's the best thing in the basketball world you saw recently? So it, it wasn't, it kind of wasn't what I saw. It's what I read, and I, I want to go a little crazy and just throw this out there. Um, today, um, on the athletic CJ Moore posted an article about Ochai Abaji of Kansas. And it was probably one of my favorite things, like not besides obviously the no ceilings guys, what they write on our site every day, but, um, it's probably one of the favorite background stories I've read in a while. If you guys haven't read it, I'll try to give, a little bit of a teaser without the athletic hunting me down because <laughs> they wanted to get money for their subscription service. But basically just a story about Ochai um, training with a NBA trainer. That NBA trainer happened to work out Damian Lillard um, still does. If no one's ever watched this um, Lillard has one of Lillard had probably one of the best pre-draft workouts in the history of the draft. Um, I think it's actually floating um, on YouTube. If you want to watch it, the thing is freakishly impressive, but basically the, the article talks about Abaji getting the chance to work with that trainer and the trainer gets really impressed by how he kind of flips his whole mentality and starts working his ass off. And then the guy invites him to go work out with Lillard. Lillard's a little hesitant, finally lets him. And there's just a funny part in the article where he's like, Lillard's watching Abaji for the first time workout, and like after a while, he's like, can't stand it. And he gets up and he's basically like, Man, you got to breathe when you're dribbling, you're too stiff. And then, like, they become good friends. And it was just a really cool, really cool story. Um, always awesome to see NBA stars or guys like that give back to the incoming, you know, slate of prospects. And, um, you know, Lillard, who's a master of his craft. It was just kind of cool to be like, okay, I got to help this guy. <laughs> like, and you can see with Abaji, he's putting in the hard work and potential lottery pick this year. So yeah, I, I didn't mean to go on too long of a rant, Matt Kef, but I think that's, if anyone can read it, go, go check that out. It was by CJ Moore. It was an awesome, awesome article. What about you? Yeah. What was uh, it? M- much less inspiring. And, um, but Carl Anthony Towns, three point champion gotta love it making a bunch of people a lot of money so so i have um, a bet in vegas before we end this i have a bet in vegas that there's just going to be a long streak of either timberwolves coming from your mouth or johnny davis (laughs) or like i don't know when that streak breaks we might be on on like six in a row i swear it's either one of the other it's an easy go-to so (laughs) hey this is the first time in 30 years that we get to say good things about the Timberwolves. So I, I'm, I'm going to milk it for every second that I can. Oh, I'm pulling from hard. I, I want them. I don't want them in the plan. I want them getting in. 
I want Minnesota to get a playoff series at least and build off that. Cause I think Ant-Man, I want to get towns in the playoffs. Like I, I want a lot of those stories to, to happen. So yeah. And our boy, Jared Vanderbilt. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm rooting, man. I completely agree. Uh, but Rucker, please plug away. Tell the people where they can support you. Um, we're at www.noceilingsmba.com, our new URL. We're trying to get grown up, like I said before. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker for right now. If you want to check me on uh, Twitter, talk talk some hoops, talk draft, message me any time. Um, you know, it, it's been awesome. Like I said before earlier in the podcast, thank you guys so much for the support. Um, me and Metcalf and the entire No Ceilings crew are, are really amped about what we've got planned for the next couple of months moving forward, especially with the draft. And after the draft, there's like, there's your little hint. So uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. And um, I'm happy to keep doing these podcasts with you. We've, we've had a lot of fun. I feel like we're getting sort of good at this not i'm not there yet saying we're good but i'm we're sort of good so metcalf what well, about yourself we're at least having fun with it so yeah that that that's something uh I, I i'm tyler metcalf you can follow me on twitter at t metcalf one one uh please make sure to subscribe to no ceilings at no ceilings nba.com where you can find all of our written work for free uh once you subscribe gets delivered directly to your inbox every day uh so there's no excuse for not subscribing uh you can find us on twitter at no ceilings nba as well and please make sure to go support us on youtube at no ceilings tv um if you would prefer to watch us do these podcasts they all get posted there uh we also have a bunch of video breakdowns and highlights over there as well and a lot more really cool stuff uh planned for the future if you enjoyed this episode Please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.